Welcome to Bold Alpha, alpha male lifestyle conversational maneuvers and unabashed commentary. It is Alpha Dave, the general, your alpha male in chief. We have moved Command Center Alpha to the Pooch Pit in the Western New York Theater of Operations to continue our conversation part two with Colonel Ange. And in this episode of Bold Alpha, we'll talk how Colonel Ange became a master griller and pitmaster extraordinaire. Colonel Ange, we got your background, how you got into cooking and your naval experience. Today, many people have always wondered, how did you end up becoming a master griller, a pit master, and how did you end up being in charge of the pooch pit maneuvers, especially when we do live broadcast maneuvers for many years on the Cigar Dave Show, now on Bold Alpha. So let's take it first. I would assume that your grilling your love of grilling and smoking meats and uh, other quality delicacies began when you were a petty officer in the naval mess. Well, that's where I learned the basics, yes. In fact, uh, the, the, the best part about that is it's very basic. And things that uh, you can buy a barbecue book and you can buy a book on smoking, but uh, there's not one of them there that are going to tell you how to hold a knife you know, how to properly uh, make sure that a, a piece of meat is cured or stored or uh, dried. So the greatest thing about uh, my experience with the uh, United States Navy was the fact that uh, they taught me the basics. In fact, I can remember I had a Filipino chief petty officer who taught me knife skills. And he came at one time and I was carving a uh, good sized hunk of meat and had something a little bit around, oh, I would say a six inch knife. He leaned over to me in his own gentle way. He said to me, use a bigger knife, use a bigger knife. I mean, they teach you the basics there and it was wonderful. Really, I learned how to hold a knife. I mean, people rarely hold a knife properly, how to control it, how to chop vegetables. So listen, it's great to know how to do all this smoking and, and grilling. I would always suggest, look, at spend a couple of times. You can go on YouTube, learn how to sit there, learn how to hold a knife, learn some of the basic science behind meat and why it does what it does, when it does, why you reverse sear instead of maybe a direct sear, what difference that makes. So the basics I learned, and I actually got paid to do it. So it was a beautiful thing, and I got a beautiful blue uniform with a white cap. So all that came, and a peacoat, which I still owned. <laughs> there you go. And, and now we know why you always carry around a samurai sword, because that is the large <laughs> knife that you now use on all these meat products. Use a bigger knife. Yeah, yes. you don't use a razor blade like, uh, like uh, they did in... In Goodfellas, Goodfellas, when they were in the joint, uh, they were shaving the garlic. That, that's that's right. not going to work on a big hunk of meat. No, it's not going to work on a hunk of meat. And also, you know, we learned the basics, too, you know. Uh, that same uh, chief petty officer told me all about how to be sure that your hands are washed and things are clean. Told me all about salmonella. 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 You not kid. Manila, Philippines. <laughs> no, salmonella. Salmonella. So it's great. So honestly, I I'm really was at an advantage because I came away with that. came away with my family's love of cooking, but then also some basic training. And I mean basic training in cooking. And then, as I have said to you on many occasions, uh, knowing that there were people in my household that had different tastes, I was able to do uh, kielbasa and swordfish on the same night, right? So uh, the only place you can really do that with convenience and not a lot of cleanup is a grill. And over the years, Dave, you've seen this, General, that uh, I've done everything from cook our full meal to do our desserts, right. uh, pots and pans on the grill. You can use, use it all. In fact, if you, you buy a decent grill, and I always say, you know, spend the little extra money. You don't need a big one if you're a small family, you cook for yourself or two people. But buy something that's quality, something that you can actually put a cast iron pan like you right. have at, your, at, your, uh, at the palace. You put the pan down, you can cook right there on the grill. It's inside. The smoke is outside. The grease is outside. 
it's it's just a concept that people need to grasp. I said this for a long time. A grill is a stove. It's a uh, hot uh, plate. It's a um, it's a griddle. It's anything you want it to be, and it's outside, and it's less clean up, and it, honestly, it's more efficient. So, uh, yes, I started spending time there. And the other thing that I did is, of course, I did some research. Uh, there are guys that have been around for years that know a lot of, more about this than I will ever, ever learn. Um, Meathead Goldwyn, who I know uh, we've had Max Good from uh, Amazing Ribs on your show, uh, from Stephen Reichlin, uh, and actually from people that uh, we both know, uh, 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 Big Dan, great guy. That's right. Had a show in Tampa called On the Grill with Tony Fatso. Tony Fatso, Big Dan. Really knows his stuff. I uh, gleaned a lot from him. Uh, Brady Fisher. Brady Fisher of Brady's Backyard Barbecue, Safety Harbor, Florida. Just a great... We always would love to go see, to see him and his ribs. He didn't have a microwave or a fryer in the place. Not in the place, and yet he served so many different kinds of food you wouldn't believe it. Honestly, uh, Captain Paul and I, when we walked back in the kitchen, our mouths dropped because it was almost just two tables, a, a sink, and an oven. That's all he had. So, you know, you know, Captain Paul taught me this a long time ago. Uh, if you know somebody that knows what they're doing, spend a day with them. You're going to learn a lot more than you will by uh, reading a book. So I was fortunate to have these people around me. In my own household, I had, of course, my father and my mother who both cooked. My brother, as you know, is... Uh, is a professional chef. Right. He went to the culinary in, in uh, Poughkeepsie, the CIA. Uh, of course, whatever, whenever he can give me any uh, um, advice, I'll take it. I learned a lot from him. So the rest of it is just practice. Practice and not worrying about what happens afterwards because in the end, it's dinner. Just eat it. Experiment. Exactly and I've right. done the same thing where you said, try this, put your cast iron on the grill, try a reverse sear. I still, to this day, I I always experiment with trying to find the best, best way to make a, a steak. If I try it this way, do I try it indirect heating? And what I find is every time I experiment, I take something. For example, what I found now is I like on my, I bought these grill grates that you recommended. Yes. That raise the meat off the the actual the grates that come with the grill, so that the juices drip down. You don't get flame ups, but the juices hit that grate and they sizzle and go right back into the meat. But what I do is I took two of those grates, reversed them, and I will put the steak on there for about a minute and a half. I get the grill super hot. Minute and a half, minute and a half each side, and then I put it on low or indirect heat, and I. Just let that take my time, and I get a beautiful, medium-rare Pittsburgh style. And the other thing is that you've taught me is to dry-age your meat. Kosher salt, pepper. I like a little onion powder. I pat it in. I put it on a elevated rack in the refrigerator. Just cover it with a little piece of foil, not tight. And I've found that the optimal time for me is about three to five days. And I get a nice char and a nice crust on the outside. And it is incredible. So all these different techniques that you have taught me, there's no right or wrong. Just give it a try. No, exactly right. Um, you know, you need to know the basics. That's all. You know, learn the basics. Like for instance, the dry aging. You got the basics now. You want to make it. Uh, you want to. You want to take the moisture out of the meat. That's what you're doing, right? It's like uh, the difference between a grape and a raisin. This is that's ba- right. ba- basically what you're. What you're More talking. flavor intensity. More flavor intensity. So now that you, 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 once you learn a couple of easy basic things about the science behind the cooking, and I don't need, you don't need to know the molecular weight of a sirloin. Right. But you got to understand. Or the price, as we know, Mick the Brit. Yes. uh, Our colonel in charge of the European Theater of Operations is clueless when it comes to the price of beef in England. Doesn't have a clue. But, you know, once you learn some of these basics, it's great. So. Again, I experimented. Uh, I started with the very inexpensive um, uh, equipment. I mean, I remember my first smoker was something that came out of a Kmart and probably cost me about twenty-five dollars. Uh, you learn why it's not efficient, right. <laughs> what it can, what it can't do. Along the way, uh, you know, you you if 
if it's something you're going to do, invest money. And that I guess if I'm going to give anybody uh, any advice at this point, if you're outside uh, one day a week and you're grilling hot dogs, listen, spend $25 for that right. grill and knock yourself out. But if you're going to spend some time and you're going to spend the money, especially these days when the cost of meat has really gotten big because of all the problems, then you really want to learn how to do it the right way. So... If you're going to start, start small, start inexpensive, learn what your equipment can do. That's the most important thing. You got to learn, as you know, your grill, my grill, every lieutenant out there, you got hot spots, you got cold spots, you know, learn all this and it'll be much easier to learn to cook. So the more you experiment, like I did, uh, the more I learned. So as I moved on, uh, different equipment. I found some things that work better than others. Uh, you have to keep in mind where you live and uh, how you use it. For instance, uh, there are certain uh, uh, there's certain equipment that it's difficult for me to use here in the Western New York Theater of Operations because you know I cook all year round. Right. Uh, certain uh, there are grills out there that are just more affected by the weather. You have to think about a grill that may get up to 750 degrees and then you turn it off and go to bed and the ambient temperature overnight is 13 degrees or two below zero. Right. If you've got an inexpensive piece of equipment, it's not going to perform properly. So look for what's best. No, I know, uh, Dave, you live uh, near the ocean. There's salt water. You have to deal with the stainless steel, right? So learn that. And once you learn that, then, as you said, just move forward and keep experimenting. So I've I've kept doing that. And... uh, uh, the smoking, I it, at first, I had a real difficult time, uh, but after a few months, I learned the intricacies, and you can, your smoking is influenced by the ambient temperature, especially if you live someplace where I live. For instance, in Florida, you're going to probably have a good heat source almost all day and all night long. Where here in western New York and even in the fall or in the spring, you can have the temperatures drop to a, a very low degrees. It's going to make a difference. Now, the good news is that those of you that are really into smoking and want to uh, uh, start doing it, more full time. They now have temperature controlled pellet grills. I recommend them highly. Dave, you and I have talked about some of the various models. We uh, we both like the uh, Camp Chef. Camp it's Chef, a, yeah. yeah. It's a it's a wonderful. And I won't buy the Traeger because it's made in China. It used to be made in the United States. They were acquired, family owned company, acquired by an investment company. They moved all the production to China. No thank you. I want American made products and that Camp Chef A1. Very durable, great ratings all the way through. Yep, it's it's a wonderful product. It's uh, as as uh, you've said many times, is Ron Popeil. You set it and forget, and forget it. it, forget it, and it's wonderful. Uh, the uh, it has an automatic auger that'll feed the pellets into the uh, into the firebox. It monitors the temperature. I mean, you plug it into the wall, and that's what makes all that work. But the rest of it is just done. You don't have to sit and fool with uh, adjusting the the, uh, the the controls and the knobs. Now, to me, I think that if you are decided to seriously decide to learn how to, to smoke, and I mean you're serious about it, again, you don't need to spend $500 if you're going to do this four times a summer. But if you're going to end up doing it on a regular basis, then go ahead and invest the money. That Camp Chef, I, I think, is less than $500 uh, without the sear box. Yeah, there's different models. There's yeah. the automatic digital ones. They range in price, but they even have portable uh, yeah. s- uh, pellet smoker grills that you can buy for two, $300. And I think what happens, Colonel Ange, is that once you buy a nice grill and you taste the quality of the food coming off, you start to use it more. I use my grill now probably five, six nights a week. I, you know, it, it's the most, it's more convenient than an oven because, it, and I'll tell you, because at the same time you can do several different kinds of food, cuts of meat, you can do poultry and seafood at the same time. But the other thing is this doesn't heat up your house. Right. Especially in the summertime, your house is not, your air conditioning isn't fighting with your oven to try and keep your house at cool. So, and when, when I've, I grilled a, a, used a cast iron skillet on my cooktop, my gas range, and I've got one of those big uh, exhaust fans, and it ducks it outside. It's just not one of those fans that keeps it inside. 
but you even on high, you can still smell a lot of that smoke. So what I found is I enjoy doing it outside because I come into the house and it smells great and it's just easier. And when I'm outside, I can have a cigar, have a cocktail. You make a whole, you know, half hour, 45 minutes out of it. I have the dog out outside and it's you're in the open air. So it's a nice way to cook dinner, cook lunch. On weekends, I find I'll cook a steak one o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, it's it's once you have it set up, make it convenient for yourself. Put it in a location where you don't have to work at it if you don't have to move it all the time. And and honestly, it just makes it very easy for you to go ahead and toss a meal together and and uh, and cook it. And and listen, I know that they're purists. I've talked to people and we've had discussions about this uh, ad infinitum about charcoal and gas grills and look at there's really charcoal cooking is phenomenal cooking right you've got you do have that little bit extra flavor again there's there is a difference between cooking over charcoal and cooking over gas how much time do you have how much um, you know how long do you want to spend what do you want to involve in the cleanup if you were looking for a quick something to do for a family and get it done at night and get it done quick then a propane or a gas grill of course is an easier choice if it's a friday or i'm sorry a saturday or a sunday and you have all day to do what you're going to do and you have a charcoal grill believe me i love them i have a weber performer that i'm using now that is 24 years old this summer the thing is still holding together it works like a charm you can do all kinds of things with it it's great indirect heat of course but also you can smoke with it. It's a uh, it's a phenomenal piece of equipment, and and a basic kettle grill, a basic Weber kettle grill, and you want the one that actually has the removable ash container so that you can dump it easily and you're not fooling with ashes, is still about two hundred dollars. That's not a big investment for something that you can do everything from uh, quick hot dogs for the family, an entire chicken. Or ribs for five or six hours, or even even uh, a uh, pork shoulder. So you got the time. Uh, I would suggest using your charcoal if you're in a hurry. Use that gas grill. But remember, both of those, even the charcoal grill, you can put a cast iron pan on and do a steak. So too much work for me, Colonel Lynch. I'm sticking with the gas. Yeah, well, and I'm sticking with the gas. <laughs> I'm fine with that. I really am fine with that. In fact, I'll tell you, probably about 75% to 25% when I'm making dinner for my family, I use the uh, gas grill because it's just quicker. Quick, but easy. But, you know, again, now you have uh, you've started to use the, you have the grill grates now. And one of the things you can do with a grill grate is besides just cooking your hamburgers, you can take that grill grate and you can drop some wood chips. That's or what wood I do. Pelt. Yeah. Thanks you to you. Yeah. I put some uh, Jack Daniels wood chips or I'll put some cherry or apple or maple and just a little bit. And you don't have to put it on high heat. And it's just very, very subtle. Very nice way to uh, enhance the flavor of whatever you're cooking. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, these I recommend. And again, you know, neither David and I are on the take for anything from nope. grill, grill crates. But I recommend them highly. Uh, they can custom fit up to almost every grill. It's a significant investment when you think about it. But in the long run, it makes a great big difference. Like Dave said, he flips it over on the backside. You can use it just like a griddle. Uh, flip it up and and, and you lose the flare-ups, plus you can use all those wood chips or pellets to add a little bit additional flavor and smoke. So you get the equipment, you get work, what's best for you, and then it's time to experiment with uh, what your family likes, what you enjoy. Well, what I find is that the flexibility with a gas grill, there's so many things. You hit it right on the head. So many things that you can cook on there. And when I reverse those grill grates, it is like a, a griddle. And I just put the vegetables right on there. I don't have to worry about them falling through. It's really easy. And at times, you're right, I'll have hot dogs going in one section. I'll have my steaks in the other. And what I've also found is I don't. when I'm cooking steaks, I do not cover. I don't put the cover down. I keep the cover open. I want that to cook slowly i don't want to take any of that extra juice out of it i want to retain the juices and it's just so easy and you never run out of things to cook whether it's a beer can chicken or whether it's uh, veal rib chops or chicken i found now that i love making chicken breasts or chicken thighs but the chicken breast with the rib meat and the skin on and i don't even turn them on i keep on the bone side down 
low heat where the the rib or the chicken is and then the rest i have it on medium heat so it's an indirect heat takes about 25 minutes but here's what i do colonel Ange from cigar sister lynn i take a big ziploc pouch i put the chicken breast in there and then i put some ponzu sauce Mm -hmm. i put some worcestershire a little bit of rice wine vinegar I'll put just a little bit of olive oil, and then I'll put a whole bunch of seasoning. I'll put in some smoked paprika. I like curry. I put a lot of curry in, a little pepper, a little bit of salt. Um, Mrs. Dash, the regular table, adds a nice little enhancement to it. Zip it. And I make sure that I start rubbing the breasts, make get all that juice and all the spices in there, leave it in the refrigerator for a day or two, and then bring it out a few hours before you're ready to cook, put it on there, throw the extra juice that's on there, and just let it sit for about 20, 25 minutes. Don't flip it over. Comes off juicy, tasty, delicious. And when I make it for people, they're like, this is delicious. How come my chicken isn't that juicy? And I said, ah, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why, grasshopper. <laughs> yes, grasshopper. I used to do the same thing. I would overheat the chicken. I'd cook it on high, and then I'd flip it over to have the breast meat down. Uh-uh. I let all the cooking take place on the top for the breast indirectly. But just have that light heat on the bottom, and you and the, the skin gets crispy. You don't have to flip it over. Huge difference in in the taste and the succulence of that chicken breast. Because I can't tell you how many times I've gone to friends for chicken breast. Not you, Colonel Ange. Thank you. Not you. But other where they give you chicken breast, and it's like eating really dried wood. Yeah. It's well- so dried out. And that's a big that's a big problem with uh, chicken. People do that all the time. But again, what you're doing now is you're not grilling that chicken. You're roasting it. That's right. And that's the difference. And and this and this is the thing I'm trying to get across to everybody. Uh, you you want to make grilled chicken? Make grilled chicken. Okay. I mean, if I was going to grill the chicken breast in order to keep it moist, I would brine it for at least four hours in a solution of kosher salt and water. Maybe add something if you really think that you have a flavor, some granulated garlic or whatever. And then that chicken will retain a lot of the moisture if you're grilling it. But, you know, people use an oven at home to make roast chicken. What you're doing is, what I think is the right way to do it, don't use your oven. Use your grill. Marinate it like you marinate it. Now, the only caution with chicken is, of course, uh, what Lynn said is absolutely correct. All those are good. What you want to make sure that you don't put in and leave for four hours or overnight is any citric acid. Because if you put citric acid with chicken and leave it for more than an hour, the acid actually starts to cook the chicken. Oh, interesting. Didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, it will. If, in fact, you can experiment with it if you want. If you want and, it. and the siren is, is, is going off right now because that has happened before, I'm sure, to many people listening. And the, the chicken police are coming saying, wait a minute, stop. <laughs> Don't, immediately stop what you're doing. No citric acid in that chicken. Otherwise, it's going to cook itself. That's right. That, that is the uh, lemon juice police. <laughs> <laughs> and they are now... Sounding the alarm, because that's one of the things that I found that people have done. They said, oh, I got this great marinade, and I put the chicken in. But then, you know, I took the chicken out, and the ends of the chicken right at the tip were white. I know, those are cooked. You could pretty much take and bite the end of that because it's already cooked. Citric acid will cook poultry uh, after about an hour. So if you're ever going to use any kind of uh, lemon juice, orange juice. Yeah, uh, that I don't do. Just use either soy sauce or you can use teriyaki sauce, but nothing with citric acid. Right, and and that's perfect. Again, if you're grilling it, I recommend to everybody that you brine it. I mean, I brine, I brine almost any piece of chicken that I put on the grill. And it, brining doesn't have to be something that's very complicated. It's Ziploc bags, it's water, and salt. I mean, it, that's... It's not that complicated. There's a ratio. Be glad to put it on on the website. I know we've posted some brining instructions before. If you're going to grill it, I recommend brining it. Uh, Even chicken wings. You've had my wings. You notice that they're usually bigger and plumper than most chicken wings that you find grilled. And that's because I brine them. But, again, I'm going back to what you said and the way Lynn recommends it. I think that's a remarkable thing to do. Use your grill as an oven and roast them now bringing the grill up the top up and the top down it's like i would just liken this to having a frying pan with a cover okay there's a reason that when you cook a steak in a frying pan 
in your kitchen that you don't put a cover on it. The difference is you're going to steam whatever is in there. Now, if I'm making vegetables on my oven, I will put vegetables and I'll put whatever moisture in there, water, lemon juice, wine. I'll put the cover down, and it's like a steam saute. Okay, they're sautéing. If you put some fat in there before, like olive oil or butter, that's great because that's going to give additional flavor. But you put the cover on so that the moisture inside, the wine, or even water if you don't want to do that, will steam it. The same thing happens with the grill. You take a grid cut of beef. You would never take a dry-aged tomahawk steak, put it in a great big pan, put it on top of your stove, and then put a cover on it. Right. Because what will happen is that steak will steam. I mean, you'll be able to eat it, but I'm telling you what, you're going to have a flabby piece of brown meat. And that has happened to me many times. <laughs> One of the premier cigar manufacturers, cigar blenders, cigar tobacco growers, A.J. Fernandez, based in Nicaragua, has farms all over the country, magnificent factory, produces excellent cigars, huge portfolio. One of the brands that he released the New World Oscuro by A.J. Fernandez, a full-flavored powerhouse. It is a beast of a cigar. Beast in a good way, meaning you're going to get a lot of flavor, a lot of zestiness, a lot of richness, a ton of spice, dark Nicaraguan Oscuro wrapper, Jalapa binder, the filler from three regions in Nicaragua, Condega, Esteli, and Ometepe. What's special about Ometepe? It's a volcanic island. There was a volcano right on the island, and consequently, the lava that flowed out of that, uh, that, that, that area, that volcano, yielded incredible richness to the soil. Great natural fertilizer, and it produces an incredible taste. So if you're looking for a cigar that is loaded with richness, loaded with spice, loaded with flavor, that's box-pressed, the New World Oscuro by A.J. Fernandez. You can't go wrong. And in fact, it also comes in a Connecticut and a Cameroon, and the Cameroon New World is the Cigar Dave Officers Club selection for August. So all members will be receiving three fantastic New World Cameroons. Very difficult wrapper to work with, very tough wrapper to obtain, but it yields an incredible taste. So if you're looking for a medium-flavored cigar with some nice spiciness, sweetness, the New World Cameroon, if you want a full-flavored box-press powerhouse, the New World Oscuro by A.J. Fernandez, ajfcigars.com. Continue our conversation with Colonel Ange in the Pooch Pit, Western New York Theater of Operations, very quickly before we get back to Colonel Ange. For those of you that have discovered Bold Alpha. Let me also tell you about our sister correction, Brother Podcast. We don't say sister as alphas. Our Brother Podcast, we have the Cigar Dave Podcast, which is all related to cigar connoisseur program material. So if you want to be a cigar connoisseur, you are a cigar connoisseur, do a search in your favorite uh, uh, podcast app, Cigar Dave, and make sure that you subscribe. And for those of you that have just discovered Bold Alpha, conversational maneuvers about uh, alpha lifestyle-related items and alpha male-related commentary, unabashed, not politically correct, do me a favor. Tell three other people that you know about Bold Alpha. Tell them to do a search in their favorite podcast app aggregator or provider and make sure you subscribe and one other favor on ask if you enjoy what you hear especially being a fellow alpha male make sure you give us a five star rating if you're a beta leave don't give us any rating but if you're an alpha and you like what you hear make sure you give us a five star rating and do subscribe and one other note for those of you that are interested in becoming cigar connoisseurs or enjoy cigars and would like to broaden your cigar palette make sure you join the cigar dave officers club Every month you get three great cigars sent to you in a Cigar Dave Officers Club Ziploc pouch. For the month of August 2020, it is the New World Cameroon by A.J. Fernandez. A vertical tasting, three different sizes, Cameroon wrapper, Nicaraguan binder, and filler. A.J. Fernandez, master blender, has magnificent cigar tobacco farms in Nicaragua. One of the hidden gems in the A.J. Fernandez portfolio is the New World Cameroon. Cameroon wrapper is prized for its notes of sweetness, its spice. It's very difficult to obtain. It's expensive. That did not deter A.J. Fernandez from creating a stellar Cameroon wrapped cigar. 
blended with his prized Nicaraguan fillers, medium-bodied, a nice cornucopia of expansive, delightful notes. Go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, $22.95 per month. You get fantastic cigars, such as the August 2020 selection of the New World Cameroon by A.J. Fernandez. Colonel Ange, many people have been familiar with you as a regular guest on the Cigar Dave show and the Cigar Dave podcast over 20-plus years. And I often get the question, how did you and Colonel Ange hook up? So there's an interesting story, and I will turn it over to you. Well, you know, it's uh, yes, this goes back uh, almost 25 years. I uh, enjoyed smoking cigars, and there was a show on the radio that was broadcast here in western New York on uh, WBEN Radio, and it was at 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sunday evening. Saturday. Saturday. Oh, Saturday, Saturday night. That's right, Saturday night. Saturday night. Uh, you know, Sunday night was Soprano, Saturday night was, yes. But no gabagool on the cigar No, show. there was never any gabagool. There was a lot of gabagaba, but never gabagool. <laughs> and, I, of course, I listened to the show. It was called Smoke This. Mm-hmm. And I listened to the show, and I really became a fan of the show. And so it was something I listened to and really enjoyed. And uh, for a while, uh, I would always vacation in um, Madeira Beach. I had a friend of mine that had a condo there. I'd rent it from him. Right near St. Petersburg, close to Tampa. Very close. Not, 20 minute ride, maybe a little more. And uh, on my way for my uh, annual uh, getaway, uh, usually about 15 days, I'd always go right after the peak season. So, anyways, I landed in Tampa. I turned the radio on in my rental car and smoked this was on the radio because, of course, in Tampa, it was broadcast uh, at the time that Live you Live noon to 2 Eastern. Right, yep. right, noon to 2. So it was probably a little bit after 12 o'clock. I was in Tampa, and I heard that you were at uh, the Columbia Restaurant, and you were broadcasting live. So over the objections from everybody else that was involved with this trip. Including Mrs. Pooch? Uh, including Mrs. Pooch. Well, was, now she's changed her tune. Yeah, now, of course, she's changed her tune. I said, look, before we go, we're going to go to the condo. We're going to drop everything off. First trip is going to be the supermarket and why don't we just take a break i always love this show this guy's broadcasting live i'd really like to go and hear the show so she finally relented and we drove to the columbia and got into the columbia and sure enough you were there and you were doing your show live it was a broadcast from the columbia and there was an intermission break and i said well you know what i gotta go i want to i grabbed the columbia uh restaurant menu that they had they had that single sheet menu and uh, i said i'm gonna get an autograph from cigar dave so i walked up and said, look, I really enjoy your show. Uh, in fact, listen, I traveled a long way just to hear this. I came all the way from Buffalo, New York. And <laughs> your response was, Buffalo? I'm from Buffalo. And I think 10 minutes later, we found out that we, there was uh, seven degrees of separation. Uh, you knew the family that I work for. In fact, they were close friends of yours. Uh, we had a lot in common. You're your your childhood home is less than a mile from from where I lived, and uh, very very shortly we became uh, uh, close. Uh, we made these trips, uh, and would always be part of the trip. Would always be our time together. You learned that I uh, enjoyed grilling. There was a show on at WFLA called uh, with Tony Fatso on the grill on the grill. Yep. Uh, he was close to you, and you suggested that uh, that Dominic and I uh, appear on one of your shows. That's and right. I, I'll never ever forget that. <laughs> These are the days before wireless microphones, folks. This goes back. I think there was actually uh, there was actually hamsters working wheels to keep the power on at the station, and uh, Dominic and I. Uh, we're asked to do the show and do some grilling maneuvers. We had to take uh, the cables, run the cables for the microphones and the headphones outside. We had the carts that you used to move the equipment to uh, get out everything outside. We had a couple of beat-up old grills. I think it was a $99 Home Depot special, it like was, a char grill, a char broil or something. Char, it was a cheapo. It was a cheapo. And uh, that's how Dominic and I first met. And the two of us sat there, and we did a complete grilling show at arm's length. I remember having to lean away and hold the microphone as close as we can because the cable only went so far to get us close to the grill. 
It was like grilling on the face of the sun. It was probably 97 degrees on an asphalt pavement in front of WFLA. That's right. And and I think it was the summer, spring or summer. So as you know, you were roasting outside. Right. Actually, you probably didn't even need any propane on the grill because the natural heat was about 400 degrees coming off the sun. I could have dropped eggs on the sidewalk, as yep. the saying goes. Uh, no, and that's uh, that was me. That was Dom and you. And uh, you know, since then, of course, we've. You know, we've gotten to know each other's families, become very close. But uh, that's actually the first encounter. And then over the years, uh, you've been gracious enough to invite me on uh, several of your uh, live broadcasts, which I've really enjoyed. Several, more than several, tons of them. We've been doing the live pleasure fests for, geez, 15, 17 years. And we did the Cigar Dave Super Bowl Spectacular the night before Super Bowl on the ABC affiliate in Tampa, WFTS. We had the top of the parking deck, and we created into a giant tailgating opera. We had a bar, cigar lounge. We had Phil Esposito of the Tampa Bay Lightning and NHL Hall of Famer. We had uh, just a whole bunch of people. We had just libations and cigars and grilling, and you made all sorts of great uh, tailgating items, and it started there, and then it just kept growing and growing. Yeah, no, that was great. In fact, I'll never forget that experience. Dom was there. Uh, yep. We had a wonderful time, and again, we grilled on the roof of a parking ramp, but it was a lot of fun. Day before the uh, Super Bowl, the uh, ABC affiliate there were, were more than gracious, uh, the accommodations and everything they put up. And yeah, and, and since then, uh, we've actually done broadcasts in several cities. Uh, Detroit, Buffalo, Atlanta, Charlotte, Charlotte, Tampa, Miami. We've gone all over the place, and everyone gets bigger and better, and we get you umpteen grills, and we always have a whole list of items, creative grilling items. And the biggest thing that I always got a kick out of was even though we everybody that came to our Pleasure Fest had ample food because when you bought the ticket, it included cigars and samples of about 50 spirits and a giant buffet, they'd always want to wait and line up and get the food from you because we'd have the tomahawk chops, the big Ange burgers, your special wings. We'd have all sorts of stuff that we do on the grill. I remember um, uh, Panos Fotopoulos, who just passed away. May he rest in peace. Panos the Greek in Charlotte. Remember we had a giant, I'm trying to remember um, what fish that we Bronzino. had. Bronzino. Remember we did it yes. on the grill? Yep. Uh, and we just had great times, and we still have great times, and we're going to bring the Pleasure Fest back once the Chinese Wuhan virus uh, dissipates and goes away magically, which it will eventually, sooner rather than later. But that's how we kind of, uh, we, we, not kind of, that's how we got to to get you on the show. And it just kept growing and growing. Then we've got Captain Paul and Mick the Brit and XO Tim, Puff Muffin Lori, Lieutenant Gary. Butcher Dave. Butcher Dave, Mrs. Harem of One Gina, Voice Talent Ed, the whole crew. We had uh, 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 Tony Fatso, Big Dom, and it just kept growing and growing and growing. And every time we would come back, uh, whether it was in the Cigar City of Tampa or here in the Western New York Theater of Operations, we'd always have a giant feast afterwards, whether it was Saturday or Sunday, and just uh, you'd take over the grill. And and I, I definitely remember that after one, I'm trying to remember if this was the Super Snacks for Super Bowl show we did Saturday that, of course, went from noon to two that lasted till about nine o'clock that night or 10 o'clock. I remember my late beloved German Shepherd Sultan. May he also rest in peace. I remember, you know, giving him a, uh, a Salins because he loves Salins hot dogs. And he'd keep coming back for more. I'm like, that's it. And then I turned around, and you were feeding him umpteen <laughs> Salem's hot dogs. He wasn't double dipping. He was quadruple drip dipping. And then my friend Sandra, we call her Sandboxer. She's involved with the Boxer Rescue of Tampa Bay and of Florida. She's sitting on my veranda steps. She's got a Salem's hot dog in the bun on a plate, and she's turning. And I'm sitting. I'm maybe about 15 feet away. And I see her as she's turning over, I think, to talk to you at the grill. And about an inch of the hot dog is sticking out of the bun. (laughs) And all of a sudden, I see Sultan slowly coming stealthily. (laughs) And Sultan wasn't a small German shepherd. He was a big boy. And I said... I know where this is going. Oh, boy, I see this. And as she's talking to you, Sultan goes, grabs the hot dog out of the bun, gone. <laughs> and then you tell me, oh, yeah, that's about I said, geez, he's had like three sailings. And you said, well, actually, he's had about six so far. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, it didn't take long for me to get close to Sultan. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he knew where, where to hang out, and, yeah. and even he appreciated great grilled food. And so that's how it all began, and then it just kept growing and growing, and we always do these different shows, and I would always call you and say, Colonel Ange, it's time for tailgating. We need to do something, and we'd always spend a week putting the recipes together, and you would come up with some concoctions that were absolutely just off the charts that I, in a million years, had no clue. And, of course, during the live Pleasure Fest, every 10, 15 minutes, you bring up another item. And we got to a point where we just have so much food that I'd have to take a bite of this, a bite of that. <laughs> but you were always coming up with new concoctions. I remember you did something with a football where we had some sort of meat surrounded by bacon. Do you remember that? Uh, yeah, Butcher Dave put that yeah. together. Yeah, he actually took a pigskin. Pigskin, right. Yeah, and did a pigskin, a stuffed pigskin. I mean, over the years, we've tried to come up, especially the Super Snacks show. I mean, I have to tell you, that's always been one of my favorite because we always take and try and put together a meal that has revolves around the teams that are involved. Uh, there's always something from Buffalo and the city where this, the Super Bowl is being played. So we Well, this year, wait a minute. Uh, in 2021, the Bills will be in the Super Bowl representing the AFC and... The game is in the Cigar City of Tampa. That'd be so we'll have to bring the whole crew down, and we'll have Super Snacks for Super Bowl that we will do on that Saturday. We'll watch the game Sunday, and we'll be having celebratory cigars, celebratory libations, and celebratory delicacies. Well, I think it's a plan. I think it's perfect. In fact, it'll make it pretty easy if Buffalo's in for two of the uh, f- uh, five uh, categories. If they're both the uh, playing in the game, and i got to represent them, as you and I both know, we have to represent Buffalo for every one of the Super Snacks. But that's part of the fun of it, uh, uh, you know, always trying to put together something from a different city, take something that's, that uh, they enjoy, that's a local favorite, but something that we can do on the grill and do it live on the show. And honestly, you know, one of the things that always makes it fun but also makes it challenging is the fact that, you know, folks, we actually are doing the cooking. I mean, it's really happening. It's happening. It's, it's not happening. just talking about it. You can hear the sizzle <laughs> of the steak. You can hear, I mean, the frying. We've. Got, I, I'm trying to remember, we had you set up uh, one of the Pleasure Fests where you had a giant grill, then there was a smoker, then there was a fryer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was, you know, like it's a 10-piece ensemble going on. And, and uh, it's just the amount of food that we sample and we create. And that's really, I think, what being an alpha is all about, is enjoying grilling. And I can't t- listen, you know I love the harem, yep. and I'm not a big cook, but when it comes to grilling, I like to think of myself as not in Colonel Ange's category, but a few steps below. But everybody that I've had over to make my steak with Pittsburgh-style medium rare, they go crazy. My chicken, other things that I've done on the grill, they go absolutely crazy. And I'm telling you that, to me, being an alpha, it's you got to have the grill. It is imperative that you cook dead quality animal products. Otherwise, you cannot call yourself an alpha. And tofu on the grill does not have the same effect as a piece of quality dead animal. No, period. No, that, and that's absolutely correct. And, again, it's not difficult. It's really not difficult. It's just a matter of taking some time and understanding what you have to do ahead of time. But, honestly, there's nothing better. I mean, you, especially if you have the time and you have uh, you have the equipment, spend that time. What do you, you – know, in, in these days of shutdowns and lockdowns and restaurants that don't serve inside, why not take a few extra minutes – Go outside and do it yourself. The best steaks that I have ever had in my life were steaks that were made in the Pleasure Palace and in the Pooch Pit. Those are the best steaks I've ever had. Not any of the restaurants that I went and paid $45, $50, $65 for a steak. They're still better. You make them yourself. You know how you like them. Guys, I'm telling you, go out, get yourself the grill, and spend a little bit of time out there. Camacho has one of the most unique portfolios of cigars. Their slogan is Live Loud. Cigars with loads of flavor, loads of taste, incredible complexity. And the brand new Camacho Nicaragua fits in perfectly to the Camacho portfolio. Forged in fire. Forged in volcanic soil. Beautifully rolled. The new Camacho Nicaragua features full frontal flavor. Subtle sweetness. Spiciness. Oaky flavors, three beautiful sizes, a Robusto, a Toro, and a Grand Churchill. Uses an Ecuadorian wrapper, Honduran binder, 
Three filler blend from Nicaragua, Honduras, and the Dominican Republic. What you get with Camacho Nicaragua is a spicy, earthy, robust-tasting cigar. On a scale of 1 to 10, I would say this is a 7. It's medium plus, medium, medium plus, slightly full, but it is a beautiful cigar to add to your repertoire. The Camacho Nicaragua, available now on retailers or at DavidoffGeneva.com. Colonel Ange, as I look to my right, there are two things that I am noticing. First off, in the distance, we have your smoke vault. Mm -hmm. So it is a protected vault. It is like uh, what you would see in a bank. But there's something extremely valuable in there, and that is a nice, large brisket that has been smoking for how many hours now? Uh, It's going on 11 hours, and we are about one or two degrees away from taking it off. It's about 201. I'm going to take it off in about, well, maybe 20 minutes. Okay, and then when you take that out, what do you do? Oh, we got to let it rest, okay? okay? I Again, you know, there's always the controversy over tent, don't tent, wrap, unwrap. I honestly, first of all, it has to rest either way that you do it. If you don't want to cover it and let it rest, that's fine too. I mean, that, that meat does not have to be at 200 degrees when you eat it. In fact, it shouldn't be, but you really should let it rest. So I will take it, and I'll loosely cover it with foil, and I'll let that rest before I carve it. And then again, remember, with a cut of meat like a brisket or a, uh, a flat iron steak, cut it against the grain, all right? Or a pastrami if you're making it on the grill. Cut it against the grain because that's going to make it easier to digest. So yeah, we've got about oh, 20 minutes general, and that brisket will come off. And we'll let it rest for about 20 minutes. 20 minutes. And the juices then kind of go back into the into the brisket so it gets nice and tender, gets juicy, and then you can carve it up and then you can thoroughly uh, thoroughly enjoy it. And what did you do to prep that brisket? I just used a basic rub, and it's it's a rub that's a little bit different from my all-purpose rub. Both those recipes are available. I can, I can alert Sergeant Steve, and he can dig them up and put them online. Um, the uh, basic rub I have is base is more for uh, poultry and chicken. That's got a little bit more paprika, a little bit more sugar. This one has no paprika in it, so I have a rub that's uh, that's uh, kosher salt, black pepper, granulated garlic, uh, granulated onion. Uh, I also use uh, my own homemade chili powder in this, a little bit, not a lot, and sugar. Sugar helps with the bark. I just gave it a quick rub. I just took it out of the package. I rinsed it off with a little bit of vinegar just to clear off anything that was on it. I uh, patted it dry. I rubbed it. And, guys, I do not, if you are smoking something that you want bark, okay, if you were smoking a pork butt or a brisket and you want that nice bark, what you want is the skin to come in contact with the smoke. So if you take the rub and you put rub so much rub on it that you can't see the meat and then press it into the meat right that smoke's not going to penetrate not going to happen i think people make that mistake all the time yeah that the more seasoning they put on the more the bark and that's not the case no absolutely not no uh sugar is going to help you with the bark and that's why you'd like to have sugar in something that you want bark on especially a pork butt but uh, if you put too much on or you press it in, you're going you're gonna to work against that process from, from happening. So you have to be very careful with that. Go light, sprinkle, don't press down. It's like Brady Fisher, God rest his soul, would always tell me, look at smoke and rub their marinades. Okay, They don't own the meat. The meat owns the rub. You want the flavor of the product that you're cooking to come through. These are just aids. That's why when you're smoking, you want a nice thin line, blue line of smoke coming out of there. You don't want to see the smoke pouring out. It shouldn't be billowing. It shouldn't be a five-alarm fire. It should not be because, again, it's it's a flavoring. It's a marinade. It's going to take it over if you do it another way. So we've got that coming, and that should be done soon. All right. I'm going to let you move over to another position here, so we'll let you get set up because there are three interesting cuts of meat, and when we come back, Colonel Ange will be going to the charcuterie table, very fancy, and tell us about how he has dried and aged his own meat. Gurkha Cigars has always been known for exquisite cigars, impeccable packaging, and Gurkha launched last summer the Gurkha Nicaragua series, their first ever 
Nicaraguan Puro. It uses an all-Nicaraguan tobacco blend. Top to bottom, a Corojo 99 wrapper. Over dual Corojo 99 binders and a Corojo 99 and Criollo 98 filler. What does that mean? You get medium to full-bodied taste, nice peppery notes, spicy finish. It is the Gurkha Nicaraguan Series, 100% Nicaraguan Puro, 100% full-bodied flavor. Give the Gurkha Nicaraguan Series a try. Check out the entire Gurkha line at GurkhaCigars.com. Colonel Ange, you've just moved over to your charcuterie table. That is very fancy. That is very French. Charcuterie, basically, you are drying meat. Yes, correct. You know, charcuterie, that's what it's all about. It's about dry-aged meat. This is some meat that I had in the fridge that I've been working on now for several months. Uh, these, uh, this, these go back to... Uh, well, the beginning process for some of these began with a brine. The actual dry age uh, started back in June. We have a gabagool, which is capicola. That's the copa. That's from the pork shoulder. I have a dry age steak that I air dried first, the way we always do. So our... you put it in the refrigerator on a rack. Yeah. And how many days did you put in the refrigerator? This thing I dry aged for about a week. A week. And then what I did is I didn't use the dry age breathable bags. And you can see that there's a difference, General. I know you're right. here. Yep. The dry age bag has an air release section so that the air can get out. Right. But with this, it was already dry aged to where I want it, but I put it in a vacuum seal. Okay. Now, let me tell you the advantage of this. Now, if you want to sit there and do this, either way, if you're going to dry age like we do, like you do on your rack, you need to have that rack underneath. Elevated to get the elevator. air underneath. Okay. Right. Even when you use these bags, even with a steak, you still need to have this put on a shelf out of refrigerator so that, uh, or a rack so that the air can get out and underneath it. Ah, okay. So either way. Now, what I recommend for people that are going to do a lot of dry age steaks, I would say this. Listen, buy bulk. Buy the great steaks like this. You can buy these family packs where they'll give you like a half dozen of these steaks. Yeah, you go to Costco and you can get a whole bunch of them, four or six at a time. Get them. Dry age them the way you do. Take a great big sheet pan, put your uh, uh, rack on there, salt, garlic. Uh, I know that Butcher Dave likes to use a little ground coffee with his. Right. Put them, dry age them. But then afterwards, I put them in a vacuum seal bag, and then you can decide how you want to use your steaks. Now, you're going to have some this week or next week or the week after. You don't have to put them in the freezer. These will sit. This particular steak that I'm holding, General, has been, after I dry aged it, it's been in the fridge for two months. I'm going to take a picture as we speak right now. So this steak in the bag, two months in the fridge. And as you can see, there's actually moisture that's still being taken away from the sides of the steak. In the corner of the bags. Look at the color of that steak. Yeah, you can see the marbling going on there. Oh, it's absolutely phenomenal. Almost like a, almost, it's not red. It's almost a burgundy color. Yep, yep. This is the color it's going to get. And yep. the greatest thing about this is you can then take these. They don't need that airspace in your fridge. You can stack 10 of them if you want. You can put them in a plastic bag. Or you can just take them just like this, pop them in the freezer, let them go. defrost. Again, Total investment, less than 100 bucks for the dry aging for the vacuum seal bag. So this steak here is actually about two and a half months into the process. And how many months will you keep that aged? Uh, this steak now, I mean, it's going to get a little bit better if I keep doing it. A couple more weeks? Yeah, a couple Three more months weeks. is about right? Yeah, I mean, okay. I wouldn't let this go any more than that. It would be ready to go. You don't want it to turn bitter. But right. at this point, you can see that there's not a lot of moisture in it, but it's still very soft. The difference is with the dry aging bags, and we'll do this with the general so he can see and he can tell you, you can feel. Oh, yeah, you can feel. It's very, there's, yeah, very moist, but... It's still dry aging. When you think of dry age, you think it's going to be hard, get leathery. It's not the case at all. It's still very moist. No, not when you air dry it and do it right. that way. But then right. if you take the other cut and you do the complete dry aging in the dry aging bag. Right. This is like a rock. It's no, a, it's not like a rock, but it's still soft. You can press it, but it's firmer. It's firmer. Much firmer. That's the, that's the uh, Capicola. So this is going to be, what, three, four months, six months? That one's three months, and that thing's actually ready to go. 
But that was on June 11th. Well, that's when I finally ended up just putting it in this bag. It had already been going for two months before that. Oh, it did. Okay. So I did it in a... So that's four months aged already. That's four months aged. Okay. This is the same thing. I I, uh, dried... This is a uh, a pork tenderloin. Oh, interesting. Yeah, isn't it? Now, this is firm. Oh, yes. Very firm. firm. And that is uh, still in the dry age bag. This thing is ready. This is a uh, Portuguese or a um, Cuban uh, Lomo... That's what they call it. Uh, usually, you can use you can use either a tenderloin or you can use a uh, 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 the complete loin, or you can just use a tenderloin. Right. This was a tenderloin, but you can see you know what a tenderloin looks like. Yep. This thing looks like half the size. Right. It lost forty percent of its weight. It's done with paprika, some garlic, and some cilantro that I use. It was fresh. Now this I'll take and thinly slice. Right. And use this to make Cuban sandwiches. Oh, nice. Yeah. So you got again. Total prep time for everything you're seeing here is probably about an hour. But, of course, everything the aging. is aging. you got to let it sit for months. And that's where the patience comes in. And that's where most of us say, I'll just go to the store and let them do the aging. But it is cool when you make your own and then you sample it. It's a major accomplishment because you can say, look, I, I did this from start to finish, aged it. It's, uh, it's, it's like being almost a... Uh, I guess you could say not a master blender, but almost a, uh, not a master butcher, but it's just a very unique way to take meat, age it, process it, age it, and then just let it rest and then open it up. That's the most exciting part when you open it up and you get to taste it. Yeah, and the and the thing is that you still control everything that's gone into this. I controlled everything. There's nothing. There's no. There are no chemicals in right, here. No, exactly. There's nothing. This is no nice. preservatives. No chemicals. I mean, it's amazing the amount of food that you will read the label on. I bought some chicken breast strips for Pendragon's Royal Baron, my German Shepherd canine, that I put in his food. I put like three ounces of chopped chicken breast. And I normally would go to, like, Trader Joe's. They have the natural chicken breast. Well, I was in a bind, so I went to Wegmans, one of the supermarkets here. They don't sell Tyson. They don't sell Purdue. They have their own house brand. Well, when I, I picked it up, put it in the cart. Well, when I looked at what's in there, tapioca and milk, uh, like milk whey, and all these other chemicals and, and the amount of sodium, it's horrible. And I said, why can't they just make chicken breast? So I went to Trader Joe's and I got natural chicken breast. The only ingredient is chicken and there's a little sodium, I think 45 milligrams in a three or four ounce serving. That's it. But there's nothing else, no preservatives. And whenever you get food that doesn't have all that junk, there's a huge difference. Now, I, I really believe that's true. And, you know, it's like, it's this is similar to smoking, but on a grander uh, uh, linear scale. In other words, smoking... You know, prep time for almost anything you smoke is minimal. You know, you're going to take some meat. You're going to put some rub on it. Maybe you'll let it sit in the fridge overnight. You put it in the smoker. But then you're done. You're done. You're right. not fooling with it on it. You're not making right. sauces. You're not, again. So just let it do its thing. Let now, it do its thing. All right, we're in August, the dog days of summer. Some, before you know it, it's going to be Labor Day, and the unofficial end of summer has come upon us. And this has been a very weird summer, very weird year. Uh, I think everybody's ready for 2020 to leave. And uh, I said maybe we just all hibernate until 20, the spring of 2021. Let's come back, and I think everything by then hopefully should be in a different uh, different setting here and much better than what we've gone through 2020. But give us one suggestion to put on the grill people could make. They want to make a little feast. Give us some suggestions. Well, honestly, I still think, I, I'm, I guess you and I have very similar tastes in this regard. I would do a nice dry-aged uh, Delmonico steak, you know, a bone-in, I mean, do that on the grill like we talked about. I do a great reverse sear. I would make sure that on that grill that you had your uh, cast iron pan to do your steak. And if you've got uh, a griddle, I would get some uh, asparagus. I would make sure that you have olive oil, salt, uh, and pepper. I would have some grated Parmesan for when it comes off. And then I would, you can do, take, if you, if you, are, you want a starch, take a couple of, potatoes wash them down some russet potatoes you know give them a few pokes wrap them in aluminum foil 
put them on that same grill, maybe on the upper rack, and I'm telling you, everything's going to come off of that grill. Maybe make a little horseradish sauce for your steak or, or a compound butter. I love to have compound butter on my steak. I'll make it with pistachios and uh, basil. A beautiful steak dinner in your own home. It's not going to cost you $175. Right. You're going to spend 50 bucks total for everything, and you're really going to enjoy and it. And you can have a great wine, great spirit, great cigar. Absolutely. You don't have to wait in line. You don't have to worry about putting a mask on. You don't have to worry about uh, the separation. You just enjoy it. And I find that as good as some of these steaks, steakhouses are, whether it is Morton's or whether it is Del Frisco or Capitol Grill or the Palm, as good as they may be, nobody makes a steak better than I do or you do on our grills the way we want, where we can age them properly, we can get uh, the just the way we want it, a nice medium-rare Pittsburgh style with all the accoutrements. And one other suggestion, Colonel Ange, this time of year, especially in the Midwest, the Northeast, sweet corn. Ah. Nice corn on the cob. Keep yep. it, don't even just keep it right in the... In the husk, and then what I do is I peel it back once it's done, let it steam right in there, and then just pull it back to give it a little bit of char, and you are good to go. Oh, it's wonderful, wonderful. That's I'll tell you, it's a perfect dinner. It's a great way to celebrate, especially during these trying times. Colonel Ange, many thanks for the hospitality and these fantastic Colonel Ange's candied maple bacon. We have the recipe up at boldalpha.com, cigardave.com, and our social media sites. And don't forget, if you enjoyed Bold Alpha, please subscribe to the podcast. And also, if you are interested in becoming a cigar connoisseur or you enjoy cigars and want more info about the uh, world of cigars, do a search for our brother podcast, Cigar Dave. Do the search and subscribe. And please, if you enjoyed what you hear, and I would assume you would. Why? I mean, let's face it. If you're an alpha, you're going to love what you hear. <laughs> if you're a weak, wussified, nadless beta, you're not going to like what we talk about on Bold Alpha. But if you like uh, the show, please give us five-star ratings. Same thing for Cigar Dave. And lastly, if you want to subscribe to the Become a Member of the Cigar Dave Officers Club, get great cigars shipped to you every month, such as the August 2020 selection of the A.J. Fernandez New World Cameroons. Go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, all the details there. Colonel Ange, many thanks again. My pleasure. It was a pleasure to be a part of the show, David. Absolutely. Two parts, and uh, we really got a great background on how you got into cooking and how you got into becoming a, a pit master and master griller. And uh, we've got many of Colonel Ange's recipes posted both at CigarDave.com and Bold Alpha. Alpha Dave, the general, your alpha male-in-chief. Remember, never apologize for being a Bold Alpha. <laughs>